So welcome in to week three of the Backroads Podcast, and football is officially here. Week one is upon us, and boy, are we ready to break everything down here on the Backroads Podcast. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. And what an exciting show we got coming at you today, Bobby. A, we got Josh Stanilin, the head coach at Jayton, talking to us not only about the Jayton Gridiron Classic, but his Jayton Jaybirds. And what a fantastic guy. I can't wait for everybody to hear that interview. Football injuries seem to be the uh, word of the day, which is not something we want to talk about. And then, most importantly, it is week one of the football season, and volleyball has, I guess it would be tipped off as well. Yes, it's served. There you go. I like that. There you go. We're going to serve you up some volleyball. So if you have dad jokes last week, I'm going to have a few this week. I, guess. I like that. I like that. And we can't well, forget let's... about the Marfa six-man shootout either. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah, we definitely will be covering that one as well. But uh, we talked about the Jake and Gridiron Classic, and uh, we caught up with Coach Josh Stanlin a little bit earlier. And uh, here is what I think is a fantastic uh, interview with Coach Stanlin. We have a very special guest and a guy that a lot of folks know uh, one of the best young coaches out there. In fact, one of the uh, top 40, under 40 coaches as uh, named by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. And that is Josh Stanland, the head coach of the Jayton Jaybirds. Coach, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Coach, I, I, I got to ask you, you know, we, we're bringing you on here for multiple reasons. Obviously, we want to talk about your Jayton Jaybirds ranked number five in the state. Uh, just got to see them Friday night. Very, very impressive. But before we get there, we got to kick this thing off because – you guys do something in Jayton now for 19 straight years that I think is just really, really good. You've got the facilities to pull it off that I think is very tantamount to this thing working out great, and that is the Jayton Gridiron Classic. Just talk about that whole whole setup that you guys do for three days and how much effort goes into making that a very special day for all those teams that show up. Yeah, so it's, man, it's it's one of the best things that we do every year. Our school, our community, we love to host. And so we love to get people to Jayton. I guess it started back in, in 2003 or 2004. Clyde Parham kind of got it going, I think. And, uh, man, you know, it, it, it kind of went on for a little while. And then it started to tail off. And and when I took over in 2010, I went to, the, uh, went to our Boucher Club and went to our administration and told them, look, I either want to do this thing right or I want to kill it because – you know, we we have the facility, and back then we had a grass field. It was a great grass field, but thought it was a great opportunity to get some of the top teams in the state of Texas here. And since then, our, you know, our Boucher Club stepped up and our administration, and uh, they said, no, we don't want to kill it. We want to do it right. And so, uh, man, since then, we've uh, we, we've we've gotten it rolling. And I don't know, um, for a while there, the, the state champions have been here every year for a long time, uh, which says a lot about, about the quality of people that we have coming to this thing year after year now. Yeah, and you, you talk about the quality of people. Before we do step on the field, I want to talk about off of it because the amount of effort that the community puts in, not only in the vendor booths that go on, I, if, if nobody's ever been there, there's this whole Jaybird Alley filled with vendor booths. There's the concession stand that serves incredible food, and that place is hopping from the beginning of the day when this thing kicks off till the very end. Talk about all the effort that the community puts in and how important that is for this thing to go off flawlessly. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a community effort. Our senior class will be in the concession stand. We will have vendors set up. Our Boucher Club is going to be uh, 
working the gate and selling tea and selling t-shirts and uh you know i'll have a ton of volunteers helping out to work the chains each game you know our ems is there for you know for for seven ball games and so it is truly is a community effort and uh but like i said we love to do it um i feel like we're at our best whenever we're hosting things and uh, we feel like we have something pretty special here and we like to uh we like to let people come in and see it well and this being the 19th annual, you know the the funny thing is and i'm i'm looking ahead almost a week now but holy cow the weather looks like it's finally going to cooperate it's not going to be 130 degrees on the field Looks like temperatures may be in the 80s. That's got to be inviting for you. Oh, man, so exciting. My only thing right now, my fingers are crossed, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I hope it's not raining Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening. It seems like for, it seems like we'd be dry for a while, and then you could count on a thunderstorm that grid, that gridiron weekend. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed the weather's going to be beautiful. Uh, and I think it's going to be just an awesome weekend with seven really, really good ball games. Well, and, and, and let's start there. You talk about seven really good games. Everything kicks off with Lubbock Kingdom Prep, a, a top 10 team in the private sector, taking on good old Borden County. And we know Borden County is there year after year. Just talk about some of the matches you see, including yours with yeah. May, which is a team that lost a lot of folks. But we all think that they're just going to be the May Tigers we've always seen. You kick off with Kingdom Prep versus Borden County, you end it with Westbrook versus Happy. What do you see over these three days? You know, I was looking before we got started, and I was just looking online at, at rankings, and every single team that we have here is ranked inside of the top 20. So there's 14 teams here, and uh, every one of them are probably playoff teams and, and legitimate legitimate football teams. You, you mentioned it. You got Love Kingdom Prep, who's number three in TAPS, D3. Borden County, uh, who is Borden County, and uh, Trey Ritchie, Bubba Edwards. I mean, two of the best in the business right there. And then you follow that up with Ira and Motley County. And uh, both of those programs, I know, graduated some kids. But you don't talk about two established programs. Uh, there aren't a lot of guys who have been at the same place doing it for longer than Toby Goodwin and Mike Bigham. And so it'll be a lot of fun watching those guys get after it um, on at 8 o'clock on Thursday. And then Friday, uh, I'm really excited about Friday. We've got uh, Garden City versus Valley at 6 o'clock. Of course, my brother is at Valley, so I'm really excited to see that. And then we're going against the May Tigers. And, uh, you know, I was uh, talking to our kids about about May this week, you know, and uh, they put out these uh, program rankings over the summer and uh, five-year dynasties and stuff like that. And May was the number one ranked Division One dynasty. And I, I told our kids, look, I mean, these kids are winners. They grow up winners just like you have. And so – uh, nothing's ever going to come easy against a team like May. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have Klondike and Kroll uh, at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Again, two great young coaches there in Dalton DeGraff and Reed and Mitchell Parsley. Uh, I know Klondike is coming off of a semifinal run and ranked number four, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Knox City Strong will be an awesome game. Coach Lee kind of you know reloading from that state game last year. Coach Callaway's got a really good group. We scrimmage those guys. They're legit. They can play. And then kind of the headliner is Westbrook and Happy, rematch of that semifinal game last year. And so, uh, you know, ranks number one and four. And having lined up against Happy last week, I'm not sure that – I'm not sure that Happy's not underranked at four. They're legit. And uh, I know Westbrook's good. So, man, I just – every single night that you can get out here and – uh, I think you're going to get a get good football every single day. 
totally agree. I also know that lots of fans out there love to get the gridiron t-shirts. Yes. Yes, and those will be available. And and coach, you you mentioned the tea. I have oh, been yeah. I have been the person selling tea at the gridiron before. And let me tell yeah. you, you don't stop. There's yeah. everyone loves the tea. Yeah. I tell you, you get, a, you get one of the souvenir cups or whatever, and it refills or 50 cents or whatever it is. And man, that's, it's, it's a pretty sweet deal, but it's a, man, it's a fun weekend and uh, I love it. Look forward to it every year. It's a lot of work. You know, we always, I'll go home Saturday, not exhausted, but man, it's a, it's awesome. Awesome. We get just, just tons of compliments uh, on everything. And, and I can't say enough about our community, our administration, our Boucher club, because they're the ones who really do the work. I just, I get to, you know, I get to rub elbows with a bunch of really good coaches. So that that's pretty fun for me. And coach, talk about, you know, you, you talked about Friday night, your brother, he's coaching Valley. They get Garden City and then you guys get May. But how much fun is it for you to to be able to just pick up a phone and, and call your brother, John, and, and talk about things, whether it be on the gridiron or off? Yeah, man, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I can't. You know, I, I can't say enough about it. And obviously, you know, he's, you know, they, they were dealt a pretty severe blow last week, losing a, losing a great kid like Blake Beard. And, and you know, so uh, I've talked to him a lot this week just, just about that. Uh, I've been able to do it uh, quite a bit longer than he has. So I've been in some situations like that. And so just, uh, yeah, a lot of times we talk, you know, we talk, we talk ball, um, you know, we watch huddle together and, and, spend a lot of time every summer getting ready for the season. But sometimes it's just, you know, we, we, we don't talk ball. We do, we talk about other stuff, but, uh, and he is, uh, you know, he's my best friend. He's a really, really great coach, uh, better than me. It's it, way better than me. So, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, he's a great resource for me. Definitely. Well, I don't know about you, Bobby, but my guess is if we had John on the phone, he'd go, Oh no, Josh is a much better coach than I am. I, I have a feeling that's how this thing goes here. <laughs> of course. And, you know, that whole brotherly competition thing, I'm sure would kick in a little bit. Don't you think, Josh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we we got to play those guys last year and it was a it was a battle. It was a battle. But uh, I, I told him before the game, there's not a game on the on the schedule that I want to lose less. I did not want to lose those guys. I also didn't want to. That's the game I wanted to win the least. <laughs> you know, it was that terrible situation. And, and you know, just because we're we're both hyper competitive, um, hate to lose, and so uh, for either one of us, I, I didn't want to lose to him because I didn't want to hear about it at Thanksgiving or at Christmas. But I, I didn't want to beat him either because I know how hard we both take losses. So, uh, but it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. So we've decided we're not going to play anymore unless we have to. We're just going to scrimmage every year, and so that'll be a lot. I think that'll be easier on your mom as well. Yeah, bless her heart. I mean, I was she it killed her last year. It kissed and my dad, my sister, everyone. It's it's miserable. It's it's tough for them. And and we try to tell them, look, it's week four, it's no big deal. You know, it's a it's a regular season game. We're gonna get better and get out healthy and and that's what it's about. But uh they don't see it that way. They you know, they uh it's hard on it's hard on mom and dad for sure. Most definitely. Well, let's move on the field and talk about your fifth ranked Jayton Jaybirds. That's a team I got to see Friday night. And, man, talk about athleticism all across the field. Talk about your team this year and what you're expecting from them. Yeah, so I tell you what, they are a 
an awesome group of kids, a great group of young men. Um, as a whole, as we kind of went through the summer this year, doing our summer workouts, you know, we're going four days a week all summer long and uh, we give them Fridays off. But uh, as a whole, the most consistent, hardest working group that I've ever had. So I'm guessing we averaged 14 to 16 a night in the weight room. And that's just at the high school. That doesn't include the junior high kids that were there. And, and we've only got 16 guys on the high school roster. And, and we've got kids that live out of town. And uh, But I tell you what, they are uh, extremely coachable. And they want so bad to do things right and to uphold our tradition. And uh, just an awesome group of kids. Uh, expectations for them are high. Now, you know, we're, uh, you know, a little bit of a younger group this year. We've got three seniors, three juniors, two sophomores, and then a bunch of freshmen. And mm -hmm. so half of our team are ninth graders and they're talented and we're going to rely on some of them. We don't lower the standard just because we're young. And so they know that, you know, the standard is what the standard is and, and we've got to work hard to, to get there. And uh, we've certainly uh, built a schedule to try to prepare them for playoff football district to playoff football uh we, we we play some really really good people early starting with the may tigers but uh i'm really excited about this group of kids um i'm excited to see their growth because of how young we are i think there's a lot of room for growth throughout the season and so whatever we are right now which is far from a finished product i think we're going to be uh night and day different when we when we look back on us in, in november well, and, and speaking of that team, you talk about them being up there all summer. I had the privilege of talking to your high school principal, Nathan Branham, there at the scrimmage. And he talked about the culture and, and, and how good the community there is in Jayton. How pivotal do you feel like that is for the success of small school programs across the state? Yeah, I, I think that's it exactly. I mean, I, there's the culture here and the expectation here is to be successful and uh, and to and to excel and to win and I think for our kids uh, you know as they come up through through youth and through junior high and uh, and into high school you know there's uh, we talk a lot about what it means to be a Jayton Jaybird and and what that looks like on the football field and on the basketball court and on the track and and soon on the baseball diamond you know we just just what it looks like we start those kids early 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 and. And honestly, we brainwash them. I mean, in, in a positive way, it's just really exciting. And and we're really fortunate, you know, the, the number of kids that we have in the high school who, who are on this team, who have roots here, you know, whose, whose dads played here or moms grew up here. Um, it, people don't really end up in Jayton by accident. You know, they, they want to be here. It's just really cool. It's really cool. Uh, the culture is everything. And, and Mr. Branham, like you mentioned, is a big part of that. I think, you know, having Ryan Bleicher, who's been here with me since 2010, I've been here since 2007. And so there's a lot of stability in our program. And and we start coaching those kids at a young age. Uh, we coach them in little dribblers. We coach them in youth football. We coach them in youth baseball. And so they get used to our voice and, and the expectation that we have for them to play hard and act right and just do those things. And I, I can't stress enough how great the parents that we have here are. And that's probably the biggest thing because we really don't have to worry about much except coaching ball because our kids' parents are so good. We don't have to coach effort. They're here on time. They act right. They have a good work ethic. That makes it pretty easy for us. Well, and speaking of that culture, Coach, 
you know, and I said at the outset, you were nominated as one of the uh, top coaches under 40. How big of a privilege do you feel like that is that that the rest of the world recognizes in that? And do you feel any expectations and extra pressure when when you get an accolade like that? Yeah, well, so the first thing is, you know, whenever whenever all that came out, is I made sure to talk to our kids and uh, to make sure that they understood that 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 recognition, even though my name is on it, that recognition is about them. I mean, it's it's easy to win with good kids. Uh, and, and that's what we've had. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's awesome, you know, to, uh, you know, for my name to be on that. And, and I don't know, um, if, if that could put any more pressure than I, than I already put on myself, just being a Jayton boy, everything that we do here is personal to me. My dad graduated from here my uncles. I mean, there's Stan Lance here forever. And so every, every product that we put on the field, uh, it's personal to me and because this is where my roots are. And so, yeah, no, re- probably not any added pressure, a great honor for sure. Uh, but, but that goes back to the kids that we've coached. I, I've been fortunate to have been here now, the head coach since 2010, you, you know, we, we've had some outstanding kids come through and I'm just sorry to those earlier years that I wasn't better than I was. Cause I was, 25 years old and, and trying to learn the stuff now I, i'm a lot better now great kids great kids great culture great families that's what it comes down to but definitely a great honor i appreciate dave campbell's for doing that that's, that's really cool all right coach final question for you and we'll let you get out of here now you know you could argue maybe trey Ritchie is the most famous uh male athlete to come out of Jaden with all his, his success but obviously Bobby Brown has got to be the most successful female athlete to ever come out of there. Right. Oh my God. Oh, she's a stud for sure. Uh, and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to uh, talk about age or anything. That was a little bit before my time, <laughs> but I, uh, but I've heard uh, and, and I've seen, I know that, I know that Bobby was a stud for sure. Oh, so boy. Uh, <laughs> on a part of some really good groups. So uh, I'll just say, yeah, she's the goat. She's the Jaden Lady J goat right there. There you go, Bobby. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. That's uh, very nice. Hey, you bet. That's awesome. Well, Coach, best of luck Friday night. Look forward to maybe seeing and talking to you in person when I'm down there. And uh, best of luck during these three days. And best of luck to you, Jaybirds, moving forward in the season. I'm sure we'll see them deep in the playoffs once again. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. Love the show. Thank you, Josh. I don't know about you, Bobby. You know Coach Stanley very well. That's the first time I've actually got to talk to him uh, in person. What a really good guy. Oh, he is an excellent human being. I've always loved Josh to death. He's such a good-hearted person and super competitive, like he told us. And I think, no, I know that he would give you the shirt off his back if he thought that that would help you or even any of his kids. I mean, he just bends over backwards. I mean, I just love Josh Stanland. He's a he's a great person. No, he definitely, uh, you could see that, and there's a reason why they put him in that uh, under 40 coaches is one, one of the top ones there. And, you know, he even went along with a little bit of fun with me and poked a Poked a little bit at the, at the great Bobby Brown. So, uh, oh my gosh, y'all, good. y'all just need to to chill with that. <laughs> oh, so we that's... do appreciate Coach Stanley joining us here on the Backroads Podcast. So, 
let's get into it. And before we get into these games, real quick, you know, you and I, we text all the time. And last week, of course, we had the, the tragic uh, uh, injury to Blake Beard. Uh, one Terrible. of the top players in Region 1 broke his tibia and fibula, compound fracture, and uh, most likely lost for the year. I would never count Blake Beard out. It definitely is going to be a long road to recovery. Uh, most importantly, we just hope everything uh, recovers well with his leg. And uh, his dad was really nice. I talked to him Friday night, and he was just super appreciative of all the prayers and encouragement that Blake's received, not only from the Valley community, not only from the Happy community, but the 1A community in general, they the the outpouring of love and prayers. I think they have just, you know, they I think they feel their hearts are overflowing with, with that love. You know, it's always good. And that that's what the six man community, 1A community is. You know, we're just a, a big old family and we care about what happens to others. We may get after it every game competitively. But at the end of the day, we're all there for each other. Definitely. When we talked about those injuries, man, they they bit us again. And, you know, it was, it, a, it, it was a bad weekend for injuries. There's three of them it, that it I was. know of. Yeah, it was. And, it you know, injuries occur and we know that and we have that happen every single year. It just seems like some some bigger injuries happening this year. You were at the Garden City uh, scrimmage, Denton Row. Uh, he uh, hurt a knee there. Uh, it doesn't look good, at least uh, initial observations that you saw. Yeah, um, I believe he had x-rays and they were negative. So they're going to they're going to do additional testing. But all these kids that we're talking about, please give them your prayers. Keep them in your thoughts and and send good vibes their way. They're hard workers. They've worked so hard this summer uh, just to go down and scrimmage one or scrimmage two. But you know, we're there for you, Denton. Uh, we hope that you get a good prognosis. Uh, then um, another broken leg, unfortunately, and he had surgery. I believe it was Friday evening. Uh, Trayvon McCaslin, he is at Lorenzo. So our prayers go out to him. And then someone you're very familiar with, Quay Hodges from Happy. You want to yeah, tell he- us about Quay? You bet. I uh, I think he's going to be okay, uh, relatively speaking. It looks like he may miss a couple of weeks, uh, not for sure. Uh, boy, just really, you know, that dude is about as tough as they get. You and I both know that, and he, he was just in some serious pain on the ground there. Looked like he probably, you know, I don't know that it's been 100% diagnosed. Looks like a dislocated elbow potentially, uh, but uh, x-rays Friday night were negative, so he didn't fracture anything. So, Looks like he may only be out a short time, but it just, especially in six man, when a player like Blake Beard or Trayvon McCaslin gets hurt, it really impacts a team, maybe more than people realize. And these longer term injuries are just so tough for teams to try and and compensate for and move forward. They really are. And you think about it and the coaches and the players have prepared for a certain type of team for months. And then one of these injuries happens and it's, it's just horrible for the kid. I just absolutely hate it. It makes my heart hurt. And then the team has to do so many adjustments to figure out how are they going to fill that gap? Who's going to step up to help the team? And are they going to be able to run with their game plan that they've had for months prior? You know, you talk about filling in. 
most of these teams don't have but 19, 20, 21 kids out in their program to begin with. So, and, and half of those are JV. So trying to find somebody to fill that role, you just, this isn't a 5A where, okay, well, you know, I've got 75 kids sitting over there that could potentially play. Which one is going to best fit? That's not the case. Coach looks over at the sideline and says, okay, now what do I do? And that that's the hard part at the six-man level when you talk about injuries. It is, but but then again, you know, those kids that are sitting there waiting for their turn to show what they got, somehow a few of those always end up surprising all of us, especially toward the end of the season. We're like, where did he come from? I love those stories because it gives a sense of really great perseverance and work ethic. I love to see that especially in our community. It definitely. You see that a lot where a, a kid goes out and another one steps up and, and the coach goes, oh, I didn't realize that player had that in them. And, and you know, then they're like, hey, now I have a bounty of riches. So it works out really, really good. And you feel really good for the kid that steps in and, and takes that role because it's a tough one. It really is. It really is because there's a lot of pressure. Uh, lots of people are expecting different things. And you're just kind of thrown off into the fire. I mean, Happy had a player like that last year with Johnson. Yes. And, and look at him this year. I mean, he was y'all's Swiss army knife. He just did it all last year because he had to. This year, I I can't wait to see him play in a game because I know that some of that pressure has lifted. Maybe he's still putting pressure on himself. I don't know. But um, it's players like that that persevere that just make my heart very happy. Yeah, definitely. Trice Johnson, the player you're talking about, goes from not starting on the defense to Pace Bressler getting hurt. He steps into that role, ends up being an all-stater, and records 135 tackles on the season. That's the kind of thing that's really cool to see. And uh, especially, you know, when it's a good kid, it makes it twice as good. That's what Trice is. And as a coach, you, you love that, and you love to see that for the kid. And uh for them to go out and make a name for themselves when the opportunity arises. Yeah, that's just, it just makes me smile all over. Definitely. Well, well let's move on to. I started to say, speaking of smiling. Yeah. Here we go. Week one, finally here. You and I love football and it just seems like it takes forever to get here. July went so fast and then August just creeped to a crawl. And it's like, can we get the scrimmages over with? Can we get out of it healthy? And can we get to week one? And we're finally here. Well, yeah, it does. It drags off really slowly. But, you know, we start covering um, as soon as two-a-days start because we'll go to practices. We'll cover teams in practices and scrimmages. And so um, our goal every year is to cover all of the six-man 1A teams. Last year, we covered 114 of the 150 teams. And this year we're going to try to get them all. Um, that's a very lofty goal, but we're going to try to do it because we absolutely love seeing these teams and we love talking to the coaches and the players. Of course, this year, again, we'll be doing our helmet stickers. So we pick one player from each team for each game we go to. We look at all kinds of things. If they're a good player on defense and offense or either one. Uh, but the most important thing are we're looking for body language, leadership skills, 
you know, you can see those things. Most people say, well, you don't know if they're a leader. Well, you can tell if they're a leader during a football game at some point, their body language, you know, if they get popped real hard and they get up or they're mad or they throw the ball or, or if they just simply get up, you know, they help their uh, teammates up and they lift them up and be positive. You know, those are the kinds of things we're looking for. And they're very evident if you just watch for them. Oh, most definitely. Well, speaking of watching for things, let, let's kick it off and start looking at that week one schedule. And we'll start uh, with the Marfa six-man shootout played there at Seoul Ross University. You know, the Jake and Gridiron Classic kind of overshadows a lot of things, but they got a really cool uh, triple header going on Friday night, August 26th there uh, at the uh, Seoul Ross State University on Jackson Field. And everything kicks off at 1 o'clock in the afternoon with Fort Hancock and Sanderson. Yes, that's gonna. This is the second year that they've done this. Uh, Marfa has wanted to do this for a while, and they got a location, a great location at Sol Ross State University, and so they're taking advantage. And this year they've got three games: Fort Hancock and Sanderson. You know, you always got to play the fort, especially <laughs> if you're down there in that area. The fort will always be invited. And then at four o'clock, we have Van Horn versus Nueces Canyon. And then at seven, Marfa versus Grand Falls Royalty. And that Van Horn team ranked number seven in the state in Texas uh, in sixmanfootball.com ranking. So uh, that, you know, Coach Fletcher will have his hands full, but I'm sure he's looking forward to it. And, you know, the good thing about where this one is at is being there at Sol Ross State, it kind of gives those teams that kind of sit, you know, you can take a map and kind of draw out the heart of six-man football, and this allows those teams maybe sitting just on the edge of that to have their own type of gridiron classic, and I think that's what's really cool about this Marfa shootout. I do, too. You know, if you think about it, I drove to Van Horn for during uh, for a track meet this past track season. Let me tell you, that's a long drive. For Van Horn to get to Jayton, I mean, that'd be like, what five hours uh, something ridiculous like that so this is an excellent opportunity for those teams in that geographical area to come together and play and it's on the campus of a university so you know that could be good for college recruiters to see those kids play because you know lots of six-man kids can play at the collegiate level and we've seen that before no, we definitely have. And, and speaking of this Marfa six-man shootout, all those games going to be broadcast on 1AFan.com. All you got to do is go to the website, check out the broadcast link, and everything will be there. So you can listen to all three of those games, beginning with Fort Hancock and Sanderson at 1 o'clock, uh, Van Horn and Oasis Canyon at 4, and Marfa and Grand Falls at 7 o'clock. We'll also be broadcasting all the Jayton Gridiron games. Well, and, and let's let's talk about that because it is the 19th annual. Coach Stanland brought it up. It is a powerhouse lineup when you look at it. Kingdom Prep, you know, this is a team ranked, uh, I think he said number three uh, in the uh, private school division taking on perennial power, Borden County. That's a team that you've seen a lot of. And then the nightcap in that one, Ira and Motley County. What a great way to kick things off on Thursday. I think those are going to be two outstanding games. I I looked across all of these games and I can't find one 
that I wouldn't want to be at. Especially to start it off on week one. They're all going to be outstanding games. And if you miss it, like I said, you can listen to it on our broadcast. But there's just something about being at the gridiron in person. And so many people flood into Jayton to watch these games. And it's just, it's an outstanding atmosphere. And it's just so much fun. So if you can, get out to Jayton. There's two games Thursday, two Friday, and three on Saturday. And like Craig said during our interview, it's not its not supposed to be hot. No. Which is a <laughs> miracle. It, it is. I, I will tell you that, you know, I, I know when my son was a junior, we went down there and we played Ira. And I believe we had the one o'clock game. And I broadcasted that game. And I'm not so sure I've ever been hotter in my life than broadcasting that one because I was in the broadcast booth. There's not an air conditioner in there. And there was just no wind that day. It was just brutally hot. So I think that's what's going to make this one really fun. You know, temperatures look to be in the mid to upper 80s, maybe at worst lower 90s. That is a breath of fresh air compared to sometimes some years that you're down there and the temperatures that you deal with. Right. But, you know, along with the cooler temperatures, we also have a chance of rain. And, you know, sometimes they just pop up in Jayton and just and then just disappear. <laughs> so you might be nice and cool, then you'll get wet and then you'll be nice and cold after that because the wind <laughs> will probably start blowing. But you know what? It's going to be pleasant. Like you said, it's not going to be like a egg frying on the sidewalk so that's going to be a first in many years most definitely you know friday night that garden city valley jayton may doubleheader that is just going to be fantastic you know valley's got to decide how are they going to move forward without blake beard here at least in the near term garden city is loaded for bear you've seen john lopez you just you know rave about lord have mercy and, and then in the nightcap, you know, you got the home team, the Jayton Jaybirds taking on the May Tigers, a team that lost a lot. But we know Coach Steele just, he does not rebuild, he reloads. He does. I was telling uh, Coach Stanland while we were talking offline that, you know, I really haven't heard a lot about May. No one's saying very much, but that in itself can be very scary when you're talking about the May Tigers because... They've reloaded. They've just got to figure out what they're going to do. And with Coach Steele at the helm, I have no doubt that they're going to be ready for the Jaden Jaybirds. No, no doubt there. And then finally on Saturday, three games kickoff at 3 o'clock. Klondike and Kroll, the Wildcats doing battle there. Uh, the middle game in Knox City and Strong. That one should be just, to me, is just going to be fascinating. I think Knox City might be a little bit better than people are expecting. We know Dwayne Lee is going to be ready. He'd lost a lot of players to graduation coming off that uh, state championship run. So to me, that is going to be a very fascinating game. And then everything ends at 8 o'clock Saturday night. Uh, two powerhouses going at it in Westbrook and Happy. That should be a fantastic ball game. You know, that Saturday lineup is really what's making me drive back from Balmeray on Saturday all the way to Jayton to get to those games because – you know, John and Stephen, uh, Stephen will be broadcasting. John will be taking pictures. So I actually get to sit in the stands and watch. And I can't tell you how excited I am about that. It should be a lot of fun. And, you know, we talk about it. 
Happy Westbrook, that's number one versus number four there. May and Jayton, that's number five in Division One versus number five in Division Two. Uh, Garden City, for whatever reason, is not ranked in the sixmanfootball.com top ten. Trust me, they will be there versus number eight of Valley. Uh, that's a game going on. Strong's ranked number seven in Division Two. They'll be taking on Knox City, a team just sitting outside the top ten. Motley County ranked number eight in Division Two, taking on Ira. They're, though, I think, in the top 20 as well. So just some fantastic ball games. You don't want to miss it. Get out there. Klondike, number four. I can't forget them. Number four in Division Two. How can I forget Creed there? It, that little Creed dude, Warren, he, my gosh. He oh, is, that, he that's well worth the admission. I'm telling you, you give that boy a sliver of light and he is gone. Definitely. They take on the Cruel Wildcats, Mitchell Parsley, the legend in six-man football for the Wildcats, doing battle in that one. So it should be a lot of fun and some and some really good matchups. And, you know, speaking of really good matchups, outside of what's happening at the Jaden Gridiron Classic, maybe the ball game that you're going to see is the most highly anticipated one. That is the second-ranked Balmeray Bears, number two in Division Two, taking on the third-ranked Division One Rankin Red Devils. That should be a really good ball game. I can't tell you how long I have waited to go to this game. I am going to be smiling from ear to ear, driving all the way four and a half hours to Balmeray because this game is going to be off the hook. We've got the Rankin Red Devils who are loaded. They are loaded every year. They have outstanding athletes, and they're going to put on a good show. But then on the other side, you got the Division II Balmeray Bears. They have a whole host of sophomores that are now juniors who have a ton of playing experiences. And you know, as well as I do, that those Bears are incredible on oh, yeah. defense. Definitely. Coach Jones does such a fantastic job there. And you know, it's funny because any other year, Balmeray probably would be the number one ranked team in Division Two, And there wouldn't be a question. It would be, can anybody give them a run except what's went on there at Benjamin? But I, I just, I think this Balmeray Bear team, if there is such a thing as the number two team being undersold, I think they may be. I totally agree with you. But you know what? Vance Jones over there, he, he doesn't care about that. He wants to make sure these boys know how to play football and they do it correctly and they adjust so extremely well during the game because, you know, last year, uh, ranking with Braxton Kirkland, they were ahead. I mean, they just pretty much ran rough shot over Balmeray the first quarter. But guess what? Second quarter, those sophomores decided, ah, no, we're not doing this. And they came back, and by the time they went in at halftime, they were ahead. Yeah. It was it was the most insane thing I've ever say, uh, seen. Rankin did end up winning that game, but, it, man, that was a good contest. That's why I like to watch those two teams play against each other. You know, Division One versus Division Two. they're both highly rated. It's just going to be another fun game to start off week one. It will. Another good game going on with ranked teams. Uh, number nine, Spring Lake Earth in Division One, taking on number six, Whit Harrell in Division Two. Whit Harrell, of course, Quentin Lemons moved on. Jeremy Holt now, the head coach there. Uh, they're a very talented team. So much coming back. Spring Lake Earth, you know, the cupboard's not bare. The question is, how much can they do to replace Keyshawn Holmes, Evan DeLeon, and, and Braxton, who moved to Richland Springs? You know, it's going to be fascinating to see 
how does Spring Lake Earth replace those guys? Because I can tell you they had a very good JV team. There are still some really good players left there. What can Coach Ball come in in his first year replacing Israel daily on? What can he do there? Like I say, this Woodhill team is talented. I, I really do think they're talented, and uh, I, I just think that should be a very quick test for both teams to see where they're sitting. I, I do, too. I, I look forward to getting score updates from that game because uh, I think it's going to be back and forth. I think they're going to learn a lot about themselves in the process, just like all the other teams. But it seems like there's lots of question marks with those, you know, with Whit Hair on Spring Lake Earth this year. But we're going to find out really quickly. Most definitely. Uh, rounding out the uh, when you look at the top 10 in Division One, you know, I find it interesting. Holy cow. If it wasn't for Westbrook, everybody, you know, we talked about Balmerain division too. Abbott is going to be so good this year. I would imagine Terry Crawford's like, you people talk about everybody else. I am more than fine with that. They get Blum to start out the season. And, and I think Blum's going to be successful this year. I just don't know that they can handle uh, what Abbott's going to have coming at him. I, I just think that the Panthers are loaded this year and a team that we're going to be talking a ton about as the season moves on. I am 100% in agreement with you. That that Abbott Panther team is going to be something to watch. The Testament, of course, will be Blum this weekend, but I, I don't see Abbott having any issues with most teams that they're going to play this year. Uh, until they get deep into the playoffs. Uh, hopefully I haven't just jinxed them. Sorry, <laughs> Coach Crawford, if you think I did. But Coach Crawford, he's built a wonderful program over there. And he's got a whole host of Panthers just chomping at the bit. Because I watched them last year in their last playoff game when they lost. And, oh, my gosh. Like you said, I call them spider monkeys. Because you just they're just everywhere all at once. It's... I. It's insane to watch. Yeah. No, they, they are very, very talented. Rounding out Division One, uh, Jonesboro and Coolidge doing battle. Jonesboro, Coach Gallegos, he just uh, reloads as well there. I think they're going to be a good again this year. And the Yellow Jackets, you know, this is a team that I think uh, some people really think highly of. It's going to be a big test early for Coach Baker in the Yellow Jackets. It will be. And, you know, they did a very good job last year. They started coming on there at the end. And so I'm excited to see how they play against Jonesboro this weekend. To, you know, you never know. You never don't. Know. And if, and then finally, number 10, the Spur, the Bulldogs take on one of my favorite mascots, the Screaming Eagles of Old Donald. And uh, that, that, that'll be a, a good test there as well. Uh, Spur, you know, in that really tough district with Knox City and a Valley. So uh, they will get their first test of the season against O'Donnell. Moving down to Division Two, And, of course, the talk of the whole summer is that number one ranked Benjamin Mustangs team led now by, well, I have to think about this a couple of different times, led by Coach Nathan Hayes, uh, a guy who's got multiple state titles to his name. The Moran Bulldogs, don't you know that they're looking up at the schedule going, how in the world did we do this and why did we do it? Exactly. They're 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 questioning themselves right now because <laughs> that's that's going to be a tough one for Moran. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It definitely will. Look at number three, Richland Springs, talking about them. 
Uh, we talked about Braxton Etheridge. He's moved in there now uh, playing for Coach Burkhart. It's not like the cupboard was bare to begin with. They take on High Island. The Cardinals coming back to six-man of football. And, uh, man, that could be a rude awakening in a hurry. It could be. And one thing I think about High Island is, are they meeting somewhere to play? That is a great question. <laughs> I mean, I, that's I a, like a seven and eight hour trip, I would think. <laughs> that's a that's quite a haul. That is definitely quite a haul. You know uh, what? I'll, of... I'll try to find out and I'll let you know. How about that? Hey, that'll be good. That'll be good. And then uh, finally, rounding things out, Lorraine, number nine in Division Two, taking on Highland, uh, a Highland team that you heard some positive things about this week. I did. I saw them at the scrimmage. We're going to talk about the scrimmages here in a little bit. But, you know, I was very positive about um, Highland. Ben, Coach Ben Smith over there at Highland is doing a fantastic job. Those kids respond well to, to him. So we're going we're gonna to see how they put it all together for a game-type atmosphere. And then finally, White Deer and Groom, Groom number 10 in Division Two, uh, under uh, first-year head coach Tory Pete taking the reins from Tony Dodson. Uh, this should be a good matchup as well. I think Justin Rucker has his team trending in the right direction, trying to get back to their winning ways. And, uh, you know, that, that to me, that'll be a fascinating score to see because I think it will be quickly tell us what we're going to know about both the Bucks and the Tigers this season. I completely agree. And, you know, they're just right down the road from each other. So I assume that there's going to be a ton of people at that game and it's going to get loud and rowdy. A couple of the games out there not involving top 10 teams, but teams that I think we're going to hear more about. Uh, Whiteface and Nazareth doing battle. Clint Lim and his first year there with the Antelopes. That's a really good Swifts team. They're, they are talk about a team that's not talked about a lot. They are going to make noise one way or another in Region 1, in Division 1. Another game to look for, and you'll like this one, the Gordon Longhorns and the Throckmorton Greyhounds. I think that should be a really good ball, ball game. I really do, too. You know, Gordon moved up from Division 2 to Division 1 this year, So, uh, and Throckmorton's still Division 2. So we got a lot. Have you noticed that we've got a lot of Division 1 versus Division 2s going on this week? Uh, but I really do think that uh, the Gordon-Throckmorton game is going to be a really good matchup. It, it definitely will. A couple of the good matchups, Hermley and Sands doing battle. Ty Keith, his first year there at Sands. Uh, Coach Winters, of course, trying to replace our favorite name from last year, Bubba Digby, uh, mm -hmm. with the Cardinals. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. Uh, Buena Vista and Erion County, I, I think the Hornets are going to be really good this year. Uh, so that will be a game to watch as well. I heard from some folks that Erie County is very large and very athletic, and we're going to need to watch them. There you go. So that's kind of look at the top matchups going on, both uh, ranked teams and then uh, teams sitting outside the top 10 to watch for in week one. Can't wait for it to get started. And, and speaking of it, to just kind of uh, whet your appetite, you and I were at different scrimmages. You had some of your folks' scrimmages this week. And uh, I'll let you start because I know that you were uh, at a couple of different scrimmages, both Thursday and a Friday, and let you give your thoughts on those scrimmages. All righty. For Thursday, everybody knows about the four-team scrimmage at Westbrook. It was Westbrook, Borden County, Rotan, and Lorraine. Let me tell you, Westbrook, there's 40 of them. Yeah. I. I looked out there and it looked like the entire high school was warming up on that end of the field. 
and they have 40 kids. Uh, from what I understand from others is they had an enormous junior high and, you know, those eighth graders came up and so they have a, a lot of boys and they are all playing football. And let me tell you, Westbrook looked really, really good. Uh, Cedric Ware, he's picking up right where he left off. Um, that that boy, it, he is so much fun to watch play football. It's yeah, effort. Dynamic. It's almost dynamic and effortless. It looks effortless. Now I know it's not, but it he makes it look that way, and he just quietly does goes to work and does the business. He's not flashy. No. But he sure is shifty. And then you got Borden County. You know, last everybody's like, oh, you know, Borden County's still down. Well, I'm here to tell you they are not. Borden County Coyotes are going to be really good this year. They've got Ishmael Rodriguez. Rhett Kingston, he's grown. I I, I can't even, he doesn't even look like the same kid. He's very strong and he's still fast. That's the scary part. And then you have Rotan. Rotan's got good numbers. They had a few players out Friday, uh, but expect them to be back. Um, they played pretty good together. Oh, Dale Means is going to bring that team together along really fast. And then Lorraine, you know, not many in Division Two are talking about Lorraine, and they should be. Coach Popham has several great players back this year, actually all of them. They're going to be fun to watch in Division Two. I think they're going to jump up and shock a lot of people they definitely have a little bit of size and athleticism to them that i don't think people are realizing no no they they have no clue i watched them at that scrimmage and they they really did make an impression on me yeah i was i was driving all weekend let me tell you and i loved every second of it friday i went to highland there was a three team scrimmage between garden city gorman and highland so i got to see gorman coach nick guthrie and his uh, Gorman Panthers. And let me tell you, Gorman looked pretty good. They're, they've got a solid little team there. And um, they're going to make some noise over there in their region. It's a little, you know, he said they drove two hours. That's really not bad. It took me almost that long to get there. Um, but Gorman had a good showing. They had a lot of good kids. They were working together. Um, there's some things that coach Guthrie says they need to work on, but don't all teams have things they need to work on during the scrimmage season, so to speak. Then you have the Highland Hornets under coach Ben Smith. Uh, let me tell you, he, he's an intense dude. I really like him. He gets after those players and they, they really like him over there in Highland. And those players are really stepping it up they i believe that they're a lot better than they were last year unfortunately those two teams were playing uh, garden city in the scrimmage garden city i you know i knew they were going to be good and you know that i picked them I, I i did the first podcast but i wasn't prepared for what i saw <laughs> it was way better than i thought and one player we talked about a while ago that um, kind of jumped to the forefront. You know, we've talked about Big O. He's big personality. He's a great player right there uh, playing center. But then there's John Lopez. John Lopez is huge. He's fast. He's quick. And he's got laser focus on the ball. And he was everywhere all at once. It was an incredible thing to, 
to watch, um, it kind of surprised me. I was like, who is that? <laughs> and then I go across the sidelines and I get a good look at his face. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I know. Well, John Lopez is not all that they have there at Garden City. They've got Jordan Jones really quick. Um, hopefully they get Denton Rowe back. If they don't, they still have a plethora of players over there just waiting to get in. And, you know, Garden City is scary. They're going to be really, really scary come playoff time. If well, and, and, they and, get and, out yeah, of Exactly. If they get out of district in there with Borden County and Rankin, holy cow. I mean, that's that's as tough a district as you're going to find. It's it's brutal. That's the only word to use for that district. Uh, you know, we talked about it two weeks ago, and, and I, I don't see it getting any better. Do you? <laughs> no, I, I do not. And, and the really interesting thing is you can't just focus on those. A team like Sands is there. That's not a bad team. They've got a good coach in Ty Keith. You know, it, it's one of those where oftentimes you're like, well, I'll take a breather this week. No, Sands is not a team you better take a breather against, or you'll find yourself going, uh-oh, I'm in a ball game, and that's the last place you want to be in a tough district like that. There are no breathers in District 7. There's none. I mean, you got Jermaine Mata over at Grady. They're not going to be resting on their laurels either. They're going to become ready for battle. Let's see, Saturday, last night, I went to Klondike, and Klondike hosted Roby in a scrimmage. Now, let me tell you, Klondike, Klondike looks good. They look really good. They've got Creed, so Creed many. Warren's all you got to say there for Klondike. You know, they got Creed Warren, but they also have the Thixton kid on defense. My gosh, he's a hoss, and he is only a sophomore. Uh, unfortunately, their quarterback, the Pepper kid, is out with a wrist injury right now. They hope to have him back very soon. And let me tell you, he has grown about a foot this summer. He looks he looked like a giant. I, I seriously think he's like six three or four now. But he's raring to get back in there. And both Cl uh, Klondike and Roby looked really good. Uh, Roby coached DeLeon. You know, he has been in the situation before of taking an 11-man team and making them a true six-man team with Spring Lake Earth. Well, now he's at Roby, and he is doing the same thing. Although Roby's been in the six-man ranks for a couple years, you know, they still kind of have that 11-man mentality as far as um, their their level of play. But I saw some really good things from Roby yesterday, and I'm excited for that town because it feels like they're turning the corner and really embracing the six-man way of football. So that's a really good thing. Now, Dency went to Rochelle. And it was Rochelle, Santa Ana, and Menard. So Menard's first year coming down from 11-man. And she said that uh, they came out like gangbusters. They were full force. They have a lot of players. They have a lot of coaches. And um, they ran through the six-man motions very well. It's just not gelling completely right now. But she feels like it will if they could just get over that hump. You, We all know that hump. She believes that before long, they'll be comfortable and they will make the game work for them. Then you have Rochelle. You know, Rochelle had a plethora of, I love that word. I think I'm going to have to find a different word, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of underclassmen. Two years ago, they were all freshmen. Now they're juniors. Uh, they have good numbers and they have a lot of standout players that uh, Dency saw on Friday. 
Also, Marty Flores, if any of you remember Marty, he is now an assistant at Rochelle alongside John Cherry. He was a great player for Rochelle, and he also went and played for Sol Ross. So um, I'm sure that's helping out the Hornets a little bit. Uh, the Cherry and Flores one-two punch with those that young Hornets team. And then you have Santa Ana, the Mountaineers. And here's the cool thing about the Mountaineers. I know we've all known Calvin Brown. He's got three kids in the Santa Ana School District. And he was actually a pioneer in doing what you and I do, Craig, covering six-man games along with Granger. Lehman told me about Calvin Brown. He would slink around. We call it slinking around the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he would slink around in the sidelines in his duster. And that's what drew Lehman's attention because he really was a pioneer of going up and down the sideline during games and, and covering six-man teams. But he is now an assistant coach at Santa Ana. Wow. And, and Dency said that they do have some good-looking players, and so she's excited to see them play as well. And then last, I know this is a lot of teams and scrimmages, uh, Jonna went over to Knox City. They had a scrimmage between Knox City, Paducah, and Hermely. Hermely's trying to replace some of those lovely players like Bubba Digby. And so uh, Coach Winters has, you know, he's got an uphill battle coming for him, but he really believes in his players. And he says they're a really great group to coach and they have really impressed him so far. Uh, Paducah, they had only nine players, but those nine players did a great job. Jonathan, they stood out really well. And then we have Knox City. I really think Knox City's a sleeper. No one's looking for Knox City. I think they're sitting I, over I there. Am. I am, but I don't know that the rest of the six-man world is. Yes. So they're sitting over there, and, and Jono was very impressed with Knox City. And I've heard uh, several other people say that. So folks out there, watch out for Knox City. They're coming at you. Should be good. And then finally... I was over uh, three three man three man three team scrimmage between Happy Valley and Jaden. I was really impressed with Jaden. Uh, talked to Coach Stanilan, uh in that interview. Very athletic. I thought he did a really good job with what is a young team. Uh, so the Jaybirds looking really good in that one, both offense and defense. They went toe to toe both with Happy and Valley. When you look at Valley, you got the other Stanilan brother there. That's John Stanilan having to replace an, an injured player like Blake Beard. Beard, one of the top guys in the entire state when it comes to six-man football. And that's going to be the hard part is for them to find uh, exactly how they replace him both offensively and defensively. I think they will. There's tons of talent there. It's just one of those things that it, it, it takes you a little bit to get your footing. And it was obvious that still what Valley was doing was trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, how are they going to replace him both at the spread back position but how does it change up their offense a little bit? Uh, we might see Corbin Stanley throw the ball a little bit more uh, out of that scheme, so that'll be interesting. And then on the defensive side, let me tell you, Tucker Schleter is a hoss up front. He is really, really tough to run against. You pair him with Gunnar Bowles, Valley becomes very dangerous, especially with Parker Hartman, the All-State safety on the back end. Uh, so defensively, I think they're going to be in good shape. Uh, so for Valley, it's just how do you replace Beard uh, as much offensively as you do defensively? And then I thought Happy did well. 
I'm biased. I'm very, very biased, but I thought no. they <laughs> I, I think they'll be ready for the season. I mean, it's a tough test. You get Westbrook right out of the gate, and uh, they're as good as anybody at Division One or Division Two. So you find out very quickly where you're at. But uh, you know, that's three teams that I think we'll hear a lot about uh, deep into the season. I totally agree. Those three scrimmaging, I bet that was so much fun to watch. It definitely was. So that's a look at week one, both uh, the schedule and then just these last uh, week's uh, scrimmages. So let's finish up here a couple of things. Uh, first off, we'll start with cross country. And the uh, preseason polls are out by the Cross Country Coaches Association of Texas. That is a mouthful. Let me tell you something. It uh, is. On the girls' side, Spur ranked number one in the state, followed by Roby, Borden County, McMullen County, Jayton, Comstock, Pretty, Buena Vista, Miller Grove, and Moulton. So that's your girls' top ten. On the boys' side, no surprise, Miller Grove sitting at the top. Saltillo, number two, Jayton, three, Sands, four, followed by Slidell, Fayetteville, McMullen County, Texline. Uh, there's a, a surprise one for a lot of folks. Blum and Eula rounding out the top ten. You know, 1A historically doesn't really go to cross-country meets. I mean, Miller Grove, obviously, because they're a powerhouse in the cross-country world and McMullen County. But I've seen more and more putting out cross-country schedules where they run every single week. So I think that that's important, and I'm so very glad to see that. That is awesome to see. Now into volleyball, Texas Girls Association uh, for volleyball named Brooklyn Yeager from Fayetteville, the athlete of the year last year for classifications 1A through 4A. And guess what? She's just a senior this year. That is scary. So you put her alongside Allstate Juniors, Marissa Road, and uh, Cami Schley. And, you know, Fayetteville looks really, really good to uh, repeat as a, a state champion there uh, in Class 1A. Uh, but there's others on the Allstate list as well, Bobby. Oh, there are. Others include seven. Yes, you heard that right. Seven players from Blum and their back. There are six sophomores and one freshman from last year. So this year, they're juniors and a sophomore. I guess that goes without saying. Thank you, Bobby, for being Captain Obvious. Uh, they're all back this year, and you better look out for Blum. You know, they were in the state tournament last year, and they had a really good showing. They did um, lose to Fayetteville in the championship game. Uh, those players that are coming back that we need to watch are Skylar Allen, Caden Arrington, Ruby Rumor, Hayden Sanders, Emma Scott, Ava West, and Addison Willingham. Then you can't rule out very best. You know, they were in the final four last year. This year, they bring back four seniors and a sophomore to make another run out of region one. And uh, Bobby, those... I can't let that go without saying they are going to do their very best. That's a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. And I'm sure they've never heard that before. <laughs> ever. <laughs> kind of like no one's ever saying it's my prerogative to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, is everybody happy and happy? <laughs> oh, I'm sure you had a lot of that kind of thing, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, back to very best. Uh, their returners are Olivia Abbott, Cora Blackwell, Callie Briley, Colin Daniels, and Meredith Robles. So they're going to look to make another run out of Region 1. 
And then I went and found, I was so happy to find this, every Monday, uh, the 1A volleyball rankings come out. So as of August 16th, the rankings were Fayetteville 1, number 2 is Perrin Witt, 3, St. Joe, 4, Bryson, 5, Very Best, 6, Round Top Carmine, 7, Blum, 8, Dodd City, 9, Benjamin, and 10, Leverage Chapel. I want to give a big shout out to all the volleyball teams who push their information out on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's a great way to share news about your team, and I actually see it if you'll tag us at and it's an at sign, Texas 1A fan, then it notifies me that you've posted something. And I, I'm happy to retweet those and share them. I routinely see posts from DeKennis, Roundtop Carmine, Fayetteville, Richards, and Dodd City. I also see a lot of the Facebook posts. So keep them coming. We'll share that information. And I did put the top 10 ranking from the Texas Girls Association for volleyball on our website on the volleyball tab under sports so i'll be updating that every monday when those come out anew so you can go see it there if you need to and i'll point you over to that website should you want to look sounds good so football cross country volleyball let's end things with what i thought was just a really humorous piece of information that you shared on facebook and twitter uh, I think this was, uh, it's just fantastic. And I can't call it Cranfield's gap anymore. It's just the gap. As yes, you said. The, is gap the gap and the chicken picture and, uh, Hayden from, uh, the gap, uh, and all his chickens. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, we do wacky Wednesday, every Wednesday on Facebook and you can, we have a theme, this theme, uh, this last week's theme was back to school. So Hayden. Uh, Gina, I, I, I can only assume it's his mother or someone close to him and sent in this picture of Hayden in the car and he was surrounded by four chickens. And so when you see a picture like that, uh, you kind of wonder what, what's going on here. Well, I kind of got the scoop six, five Hayden, which he doesn't look six, five in the picture. That's a tall fellow right there, um, has these chickens and they followed him everywhere this summer. And so when it was first day to go to school, they followed him right to his car. And I guess they were just going to see him off. But it's it's the greatest picture ever. And it did win our fan vote off yesterday. So shout out to Hayden and his chicks. That was a beautiful picture. And you're going to have to keep us updated on how they're doing this fall. Well, that that is fantastic. And uh, Hayden can say that he's got four chicks that follow him everywhere. And he doesn't have to give a more ex explanation than that. He's just got four chicks following him everywhere. They do. They follow him everywhere and <laughs> they absolutely love him. So obviously Hayden has a good heart uh, for animals and they can tell that really quickly as you, as you and I both know, you know, keep those chickens happy, Hayden. There you go. Well, Bobby, that's going to wrap it up for us. A uh, filled backroads podcast this week. Want to uh, give a special thanks to Josh Stanland, who joined us, the head coach there at Jayton, uh, letting us know about the Jaybirds and the Jayton Gridiron Classic. A look back at football, cross country, volleyball, and when we come back next Sunday, we will have the first week's worth of scores. I'm sure we're going to have outstanding performances. 
teams are going to win that we did not expect. Teams are going to lose that we did not expect. And it'll be here before we know it, Bobby. Until then, I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fans. Remember, go forward and do good.